This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. This is Baseball Outside the Box with Peter Caliendo. Innovative thoughts from baseball's best coaching minds from around the world. Brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. Now your host, former USA Baseball National Team coach, Peter Caliendo. Hey everybody, Pete Caliendo. This is Baseball Outside the Box. Welcome to the show. This is a show that loves to interview baseball's best coaching minds who love to challenge the status quo. Well, not only in the U.S., but all over the world, we have got experts. Thanks for joining us and listening today, whether you're on you know, the podcast at BaseballOutsideTheBox.com. Not sure. We'll try to put it on YouTube, Facebook. We can get the audio there in this particular show. Uh, but don't forget, we're also special thank you to ESPN Honolulu for covering our show. And we hope you are all doing well in the U.S. But guess what? I'm not in the U.S. Isn't it great? You know, you know I travel all over the world, and I am having a great time. Thank God that even with COVID, we've been able to travel as long as we follow certain rules. And right now, guess where I'm at? I bet you can't guess because I haven't been, we have not done a show from here. And the guest I have, we've not done because this guest is from the Czech Republic, but we are currently in Tenerife, Spain. You gotta love it, an island, beautiful island, tourism, sunshine, beautiful times. Um, this is a lot of fun, and guess what we're doing here? We're here for baseball, exactly. We are here for the first annual Euro Baseball Winter League, put on by Nestor Perez here, a great, great organization. Um, him and his coaching staff and all his support staff are outstanding. Nestor's the AA, this year will be the AA Braves um, coach um, with the Atlanta Braves and, and obviously congratulations to um, Nestor and all the Atlanta Braves people for their great great World Series championship so we've got a camp here 48 players from all over Europe we got them from Spain Czech Republic Slovakia Hungary Lithuania Ireland and some of these players because some uh, have gone over to Spain and they in some other countries where then they become citizens have come from Cuba Venezuela Dominican Republic and these kids are 18u um, now, there are a couple older guys, but not, not much old, maybe 19, 20 years old. Let me tell you something, some great, great talent. We have, we've had some scouts here, um, fantastic talent. This is going to be a program we're going to, hopefully, they're going to continue this program because this will uplift and develop baseball even more because the young kids here, they're playing games. They're getting great instruction from professional coaches, doing classroom work, doing training on the field, playing games, competitive games because it's a little tournament. Um, but we're watching the pitch counts. We've talked that, you know, on the show about it. You got to watch pitch counts, especially in this situation. Watch pitch counts, watching their arms. You know, we've got um, all kinds of technology we're using with the pitchers. It has been a fantastic, fantastic program. We're not done yet. Matter of fact, our guest, um, Alex Durhak, he is the coach that has most wins here, and yours truly gets the chance to play him tomorrow in the championship game. So that's going to be a lot of fun. You know, in the wild, never met, you know, Alex, and it's my first time. It's been a pleasure meeting him, been a pleasure working with him, learned some things from him. It's been a lot of fun. Um, and tomorrow we're going to compete a little bit. But I, I'm really excited because, you know, you know I love to go around the world and spread the word about baseball, but not just that. Spread the development knowledge that other countries have. You know, you know. God bless the USA, we do a great job, but we're not the only ones developing players around the world. You all know that. We have players coming from all over. In the Czech Republic, up and coming. Now you, tell, you you gotta be kidding me, it's incredible. I remember for the last 20 years following this country and they've done an outstanding job when it comes to developed players. 
Um, they have, and, and they're up to date on everything, man. They're progressing. They've got great athletes, great kids. The guys we have here from the Czech Republic, I am amazed at how good these players are. For you coaches out there, you get a hold of me because there's some talent here, and I'll put you in touch with Alex. There is some talent that can play college baseball and professional baseball. That's why the scouts are out here. So if you're, you know, if you're a college coach listening, um, I've got a lot of good friends out there. Make sure you get a hold of me, and I'll put you in touch with Alex. Let me tell you about Alex, and I've talked a little bit too much, and we'll get going with the show. Um, again, Alex is an American that's uh, in the Czech Republic. He went to UC, UNC Charlotte. He played five years. As a matter of fact, he played at US, UNC Charlotte. He played five years at Indy Ball, uh, at several leagues, six winter league years in Australia, Adelaide, um, one year with the ABL. That's their top leagues. He's got a lot of plate experience, but he's also got coaching. He played nine seasons in the Czech Republic. And get this, tw in 20 seasons, he had 13 years he's, he's played as a player. So he, because he went from winter ball also to summer ball. So he's played a lot of years. You're talking about 20 seasons in 13 years. Um, in Australia, he was a manager. He managed the Drotsy U21 um, team in, Drotsy's in uh, Czech Republic and two for two years there. And then Bonn, Germany in the Bundesliga. I know we got a lot of German friends listening. Um, currently, he, ma he managed one year and he's still doing that. The Hiroshi Bruno, this is an outstanding club in Czech Republic. Um, and it just keeps going on. And U23 is the national team coach for the U23 national team. And he just got the announcement while we were here. Um, he's hired as the assistant coach of their senior team. And that club can really play. We saw them in Mexico at the U23. So let's not waste any time. I talked enough. Normally, the intro is a lot shorter. But Alex is special. And uh, I want to say hello to my good friend, my good new friend, Alex Durhag. What's up, buddy? Hey, Pete. First off, I want to say it's a real honor to be on your show, um, and uh, really just appreciate just a uh, very nice introduction there. It's uh, quite humbling to hear all those nice things said about me. Well, you know, uh, I had an espresso and a cup of coffee, so we mixed it both, folks. So that's why my, I'm a little excited, but I'm also excited because, we, again, we've had a great time here, and we're going to end here soon. Tomorrow's the championship game, then, the, you know, the next day we take off, um, and, you know, it's... Uh, and we're going to talk about the camp, and I'm going to ask Alex about the camp and all that. But let's do this, Alex. Um, is, I want the folks, you know, all over the world to know um, you've been in the game a long time as a player. You start, you've been coaching now and managing. It's a whole new ball game. But kind of talk about where you're, you know, where you grew up and the high school, the college, and how that influenced you into, you know, being a better player. Yeah, sure. Um, I actually grew up in New Hampshire in a town called Dover, and. Uh, I was there till I was 16, and I have a younger brother. We were both ball players. We played football, basketball, baseball. However, New Hampshire being a cold weather state and baseball being our number one sport, um, we made a family decision with my mom and dad that moving to South Florida um, would give us a better chance of getting scholarships to play college baseball. So we moved down there. Um, it was actually two days before my junior year of high school. We moved down to Palm Beach Gardens went to their high school program, which is a very strong program down in South Florida. And both my brother and I played there for Coach Joe Russo, and we both uh, got college scholarships. Um, I was lucky enough to sign and play four years Division One at UNC Charlotte. It was a really great experience for me, a great conference, Conference USA. got to travel all over the country and play against some really good ball players. And then from there, um, I ended up uh, playing independent ball. Got my foot in the door, got an invite to spring training, won a job on a team in the Frontier League, and uh, 
really from there I just, you know, I, I fell in love with, with playing professional baseball and traveling around and the grind and, and stuck around for five years. And, and that kind of opened up doors for me to go first to Australia. Teammate just asked, hey, would you be interested in playing in Australia? Absolutely, man, let's go. Um, and so I was going back and forth, just playing year-round and uh, chasing the summers, as I like to say, um, and just having the best time of my life playing ball and seeing the world. Um, eventually, that led me to, for opportunities to play in Europe. Uh, once my, uh, you know, I was, independent ball is a bit of a grind, and my body was starting to feel it, being a former catcher. And uh, I had some friends from Australia that said, you know, you should really look into playing in Europe. And Czech Republic uh, provided that opportunity, and, and I took it and, and ended up playing there nine seasons. Awesome. I'll tell you what, a great background. And, you know, for your folks and for the players out there, college players, I know we got college players listening too, and, you know, independent ball, great, great. You know, as you know, I was in it nine years. and. It's a great opportunity, you know, you don't have to stop playing because if you've still got talent, you've got a chance possibly to get seen in a pen ball. That can possibly also get you signed at times. And, you know, at least you get that chance. The next one, and Alex mentioned it, you know, you know, if you get a chance to go to Europe, hey, take a year of your life out. You know, you don't have to worry about getting a job right away, coming out of college. Take a year, go see, you know, Europe, go see another country, go play in that country, have that experience. And then all of a sudden, you never know, you end up with Alex. He, you know, by now, he's now coaching the national team for the Czech Republic. So, I mean, but he had to obviously get all that started. I want to go back a little bit and, you know, let's talk about now how, you know, you, you were in the States, you got a buddy of yours to go to, you know, to Australia. But then all of a sudden you went to Germany, and then you went to you know to Czech. How did how did that all happen? Um, well, I went to Czech first, and really how it happened, you know, I know there's a lot of different organizations now that help provide players with playing overseas and whatnot. Um, for me, I just was lucky enough to have a roommate in the Frontier League, a friend of mine, Tam Tamari Story Harden, and. Um, he was my roommate and he said, hey, would you ever want to play in Australia? And uh, I said, absolutely, man. Like, I would love to. And so I, uh, I went over there and, and had just the greatest time ever. I, I made friendships there that will last a lifetime. There's people there who I consider family. And, you know, I just absolutely loved it. I loved Adelaide, one of my favorite cities in the world. Folks, I gotta cut them off, and I'll tell you why I'm cutting them off because yeah, th this is outstanding. Yeah, hey, the world is small, but the baseball world is even smaller. Okay, we spent almost a week here. We've talked a lot. We've been to dinner. You know, afterwards we sit and talk baseball for hours. Matter of fact, sometimes, unfortunately, it ends up to be one or two in the morning. Um, then you got to get back up and ready to go with baseball again. But that's the life when you get a chance to meet different coaches. You want to learn from them. Well, let me tell you, I'm gonna give a shout out to my buddy. Thomas Story Harden. Tamari, Tamari was on the show. I've seen him at really? the National Convention many times. Um, we, we talk on social media. One of the best people I've ever met. You know, I'm not personal friends. I mean, we've known each other for years. But man, Tamari is outstanding. He's a friend of Reggie Smith. Um, great, great individual. So shout out, Tamari. One day, maybe we'll get you out here in Tenerife to do some coaching. Hey, Tamari. There you go. Hey, Tamari, yeah. yeah. Shout out. Hey, um, let, let's do this now. Now all of a sudden you're in the Czech Republic and talk about how that all developed from playing into coaching. Yeah, well, 
really, you know, I didn't really start coaching there until probably about halfway, from like five or four, five or six years in. Um, Drazi, perennial powerhouse in the Czech Republic, has won, you know, many, many, many championships. And I won many with them as well. They uh, wanted me to uh, manage the under-21 team, and it's an, it was a really incredibly talented group. We won the championship for that division two years in a row, um, and it was great working with them. That led me to, to go back to Australia for one winter and be a player manager for, for the club that Tamari originally played for and got me to go play for, Woodville, the Woodville Senators. Again, I took a really young team there, hungry young players and, uh, and had a good relationship with them already and, and, and managed there as a player manager and that was a completely different experience being a player manager which if anyone's ever done it is another level of energy is required to, to be you know there's so much things going on in your mind and trying not, to not something you'd recommend um, it's a very yeah, I mean, looking back on it now, you know, I definitely couldn't do it now. Um, but looking back on it then, I just, you know, you have to have a very, first of all, you have, great, you have to have great assistant coaches. I had a great assistant coach, Adam Lodge, shout out. Um, and you have to have players who are completely bought into what you're trying to do. Uh, it also helps at that time, I was kind of in my, you know, in my prime, I was like 31, 32. So I was, you know, still playing at a relatively high level. That kind of helps too, you know, if you're an old man and you're trying to play and you're not producing and you're putting yourself in the lineup, it can kind of cause some, some problems, so. Let, let's, uh, you know, as, I, as I'm thinking here, as you're talking also, I'm trying to think, you know, the Czech Republic, I want the folks back, you know, at home in the U.S. and also around the world to know more about Czech Republic baseball. First of all, great country, fantastic, all beautiful cities, great people, um, but the baseball, you know, Talk about the baseball so the folks are familiar with how it's kind of organized throughout the Czech Republic and why, and then we'll get into why it's become, you know, a pretty good powerhouse in Europe. I mean, they're really getting up there. We'll talk about that too. But talk about first how it's kind of organized in the Czech Republic. Um, well, there's one um, first league. It's called the Extra League. Um, originally, um, for years, it's been a 10-team league. However, this year, they've downsized the league to eight to have more competitive games. Um, it's uh, season starts same time MLB season in April and it usually goes you know, throughout the summer and usually between end of August and, and beginning of September. Um, there's an awful lot of really talented players there. Quite a few players now going to play college college baseball and then coming back which that improves the league mm -hmm. there's been guys signed over the past you know decade or so and they come back and play in the league and it's it's really quite competitive they also add each team has a certain amount uh, uh, roster spots for international players and uh, that also adds to the strength of the league as well what about the younger kids you know that's a big you know it, any program has to have development at the younger levels, you know, it, it otherwise never sustains itself. You know, I know this for a fact, the Czech Republic's got outstanding coaches because their coaching program is just getting better and better and better throughout the years. Um, I remember when it started at a certain amount of numbers, now it's over 200 some coaches that have been to the convention. Um, 
but talk about you know some of the things you guys do in the country also maybe even with your club in order because in order to get players because you got to get the players right in right. Europe and we talked about this on other shows but I love for to hear different ideas because every country has a different idea on how to get players to play the game I've talked you know I've mentioned on the, on the show many times you know coming from a person 39 years in a game I don't care what anybody says the game could be boring okay it's not boring to your eye or certain people but to, you know eight-year-olds if they're not not playing a lot it can be very boring so they're gonna say oh, well why should I play this when well, I can go play soccer lacrosse all kinds of other sports so talk about the youth development there and how you get players how you develop them in some of those areas sure um, I think it's also worth noting that one of the biggest things that surprised me about the Czech Republic the facilities are fantastic the, the fields um, certain clubs have weight rooms and the club that I manage now Hiroshi has a weight room an indoor facility for the winter it, it's just it, it's it would surprise a lot of people especially you know on, you know our friends in America like they, they just wouldn't expect that and I, I didn't when I came um, as far as the, the how, how would they attract players it, you're right it is it is difficult you know you're looking at a country geez I think it's now 11 12 million people the two most popular sports are ice hockey and soccer. And so naturally, you know, a lot of your best athletes um, are going to be attracted to those sports. So um, in saying that, you know, the juniors numbers continue to rise in Czech baseball. I wish I could tell you, give you one number one reason why. I mean, but I do think it is attractive um, for, for kids. A, you know, it's uh, as they get to teenage years, they, they see maybe an opportunity where they can go to the States and, and their parents see that as an opportunity well, where they can mm -hmm. go to the States, go to school there even for a year, or high school, uh, high school for a year. They see that as an opportunity. Um, the other thing, you know, is, I mean, if you're a national team player at any level um, in the Czech Republic, it's it's a fantastic way to travel. I mean, you, you know, it's it's. I mean, look where we are now. You know, it, it's it's it, it's that can be very interesting as well to players. But um, more than anything, I think you know what attracts the kids is just you know. Geez, I mean, when we go to schools, and you know, I've been to a few elementary schools, and you and you you know, you try to explain to them and show them how it is. Naturally, they all they want to want to hit swing the bat. They like they, they they like the bat part, right? You see, show them the hitting, they want to do that. That excites yeah. them. So you got you you almost attracting them right there with that. Yeah, exactly, exactly, and and you know, to some degree, they know what baseball is from from movies or t television, um, and. And you know, oh, it's it's you know, oh, that's an American sport and stuff like that, you know. So, um, but you know, the the numbers continue to rise, and and it's just a good overall thing for for Czech Czech baseball as a whole. What's a club like the Hiroshi um, Bruno team? What, how do they do, how do they get their players? Um, same way they go to the schools, they introduce the sport. Um, now, when, here's an interesting question, and you, and you may not know this because uh, unless you do it all the time, do you, when you go to the schools, yeah, you show them hitting, but are they, are you showing them a whole game or are you just showing them parts of the game, like throwing and fielding, hitting, because sometimes if you show them the whole game, you know, that can be a little scary too because they might be sitting around, right. standing around doing nothing. Right. That's what I'm curious about because you've got to be doing something that gets these kids to play 
because um, the next part then is keeping them in the game. Yeah, exactly. That's the next tough part. So maybe some things you guys do at the club. Well, I know I can I know Hiroshi does like a kids' day where mm -hmm. they invite kids from all the surrounding elementary schools or the neighborhoods, and uh, and they have you know they, they bring them and, they, and they, you know they, they maybe there's you know, drinks and food and they'll take these kids a certain age like young kids and like, okay like let's have a competition who can throw the throw the ball the farthest and like hit the ball the farthest mm -hmm. run the fastest you know and obviously the coaches are just like you're seeing you're look you're checking out who the athletes yeah. are and, and you you know you you know and you invite them to come out and play for our juniors teams and check and and uh, Hiroshi's done a fantastic job of doing that because we, we have the largest juniors numbers in the country um, we have nearly two teams at every juniors level um, 18 16 13 uh, what is it 10 eight like where we're, we just have so many kids and, and and you know it's uh it's a really cool thing to see for for a sport in, in one city a sport of baseball in one city where it, it isn't the most popular sport it isn't the national pastime you know it's, it's so we're, we're really we've got a lot of numbers you know mentioned hockey um you know i've always thought because Obviously, if you can get hockey players to play baseball, boy, that'd be awesome, wouldn't it? Because they got the hand coordination, they got the balance. Yeah, I'm not sure how many hockey players you get. I know you're looking for athletes, but if they're if hockey's number one sport, soccer's number one sport, it's kind of hard to get them away from those sports. And and one of the reasons, folks, I think you know this is those those are sports that are constantly moving, and kids love you know to keep moving all the time. So one, I mean, you get some hockey players that might play. A lot of these kids might have played hockey, and two. What type of athletes are we talking about in the Czech Republic? What, what's their qualities that make them, that can make them a, a good baseball player? You know, when you're looking at skills, like in the Dominican Republic or Latin America, you've got a lot of great athletes, sure. you know, that can run. I mean, you know, and, and inherently, you know, they're born but from great genes. Um, what, what's that like in the Czech Republic? What kind of athletes do you have? Well, I can speak for, like, as a player when, when I was on, you know, when I was playing myself, I remember there's one day I'm just standing there in an elevator. We're on a trip with Drazzi, and I look around, and everybody is way taller than me. And I think you've seen that with, mm -hmm. the, with the five guys we brought here. They're just generally a lot of the baseball players there are like long and like tall guys. Like so, naturally, you know, um, you get a lot of you know, strong kids and, and, and you know pitchers, right? Like that's that's. You want big, long pitchers, so that, I'd say that is one kind of, you know, uh, recurring uh, trait you yeah. see with baseball players. They're just generally like just longer, taller people. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think what else. They will work hard. There you go. One hundred percent, they'll work hard. Um, they, they'll put in the work. Um, they they want to get better. They have no problem with, uh, you know, putting in extra work, and, and what I've found is, with, with just, I can only speak for my team, what I've found is, is we have a stru structured plan and we lay it out for them, they're, they're going to they're gonna put in the work. And it's more, you know, it's actually a luxury to have with our team, as you've seen with our guys, like, we've actually had to say, shut them down, like, hey, mm -hmm. like, you know, let's... Uh, at this time of the season, let's let's focus on uh, uh, quality, not quantity. You know what I mean? Yep. 
You know, and it's interesting because, folks, when you look at the players that are here, they are athletes. There's no doubt about it. There's pitchers. There's infielders. There's catchers here. There's a lot of talent um, that we mentioned at the beginning of the show. And, you know, there's got to be – talk about the development, the training programs that are, that are going on in the Czech Republic. And, you know, why has the Czech Republic every year just keep getting better and better and better, producing more athletes, more better baseball players? What's some of the – attributes that are that that's helping you do that well i definitely would have to give some credit and give a lot of credit to the former national team coach mike griffin and his pitching coach Corey lee um, they were there shoot i want to say nine years they, they were running the senior program but we're also you know they, they run an academy out of raleigh north carolina pro five and they put a lot of their systems in uh, in structure and for the best players, even the best young players in the country, and and uh, really, really made a conscientious like effort uh, to get like the best young players, like get them in colleges somewhere in America, so that they could develop, you know, and, and really play more baseball at a, you know at a higher level and get into like college programs. Because when those players come back, I mean, you know, ninety-five percent of the time, I, I mean, you know, they come back and. Bring something back to the league, and they've, and they've gotten bigger and stronger for sure. I know we don't have three, four hours to talk about all the systems, but um, talk about some of those systems that you mentioned. You know, they put some things in place. What were some of those to kind of help our coaches out there structure how they're doing things? What are some of the things they focused on? I guess um, I know obviously you told me, so I might as well mention that you know you guys use more technology now, um, but. What else have you, know, have you included into your development? Well, I can't speak for that coaching staff and their program because I really wasn't a part of it very much. Um, all I know is, is that they were doing a great job and they produced a lot of good players and that's why you've seen a lot of the European competitions. They were playing at a really high level. Um, what I can speak for is the, the program that myself, I was hired to do at Hiroshi with, with my pitching coach, who is now the national team pitching coach, uh, John Hussey, an Australian, relocated in Brno, just like me, mm. expat. Um, we have started going uh, analytical in the past 18 months. Um, and we were, you know, what Hiroshi has done really well is they have provided us with the resources to go analytical and, um, you know, and that includes John and I you know, getting educated on this stuff, like taking classes and, and then not only being provided the gear, you gotta learn how to use it, right? So, um, you know, you, you, you add that to th that, that resource with, with John and I's experience, John pitched as high as AA for the Padres organization and as well as the ABL and getting ready back from Australia. And, you know, me working with the hitters, him with the pitchers, with our just, you know, base knowledge and then everything that we're learning, we're constantly trying to learn and get caught up to speed with what's happening in the States, analytical-wise, and you know, what's new and what's out there. Um, then add in the weight room with, with uh, the kids that we have, the athletes that we have, with the number of juniors at Hiroshi, it's a recipe that we feel is you know developing players at a pretty rapid pace and 
and I, and you know being at a camp like this where we're with these kids every day like we work with them all the time and we kind of lose sight of you know a their kids but b like man are they really developing as fast like are we doing our job the right way and then you see them with a group of other um, kids their age and you know let's be honest Pete like they've stood out you know they really have even you know you know they passed they passed the eye test as soon as they got off the bus you know like they're, they're bigger they're stronger and, and that's credit to them because these kids work work their tails off and and which is all you could ask for as a coach and they're open and, and you know to, to the things we're trying to do they love it and so you know we feel like everything I just mentioned there is a recipe that that is really developing young players um, to get them where they would like to, to, to be and that's playing somewhere in the States. Yeah and on the flip side of that you guys have to lay out a plan obviously for them to follow to be able to get stronger because I know here at the camp you mentioned you know when you had your talk also to the players uh, you mentioned you know one of the important things is you know strength I mean there's a lot of even uh, probably pretty safe to say all over Europe I mean you know players need to work on strength sometimes that's something you know you want to work on the fundamentals all the time but you forget to get strong and now you can't swing the bat as quick as you want you guys do some programs and you test your players um, I think that's important talk about those you know those programs how you you know pre-test them post-test them and, and what some of those might be some of the drills that you guys do to test them whether it's for speed or something else well sure like we definitely um, we have a culture now it's kind of you know, it's it's a lifting culture. Like we have guys in the weight room all the time. It's open. It's open. You know, I want to say 24 hours, but it's open about 14 hours a day for our players to come anytime. You know, um, so we have, you know, because a lot of the movements John and I want them to do, whether it's driveline program or throwing and, and me doing stuff hitting, you know, we can show them all the proper technique and coach it, you know, up hours but if they're not strong enough to do the movements properly I mean we're just gonna beat our head against the wall and these these guys you know it, it doesn't take much for a bunch of teenage guys to get into lifting and they start seeing results and and uh, and you know and they push each other they compete um, and it's yeah it's this, this culture that we have it's really you know it, it's really taking off fast and, and so some of the things that, that they're measured on, you know, I think it's like, as far as the weight room goes, I think it's like, you know, deadlifts. I, I can't even, I, I'm not in charge. We have a strength conditioning coach. Right, so, so they're, they're, they're in charge of that part, but what about other testing programs you have for them to see if they're progressing? Um, for, so yeah, for pitchers, you know, there's max velo days, there's pull down days, obviously, like you see that stuff all the time. Uh, we do exit velos with our hitters um, from front toss, you know, as well as, uh, you know, I'd say that's the biggest measurable we do for hitting-wise. I mean, you know, and then we have blast motion sensors and, and stuff like that that we're using as well to, to help. Um, but, you know, it's we're always trying to incorporate in our trainings some sort of competition at the end. Mm. Um, but as far as like, going back to your question with the measurables, I'd say the, most, the two most, like, you know, concrete ones we do that the easiest for them to compete at you know, we got the LED screen there, so they see the numbers pop up on exit velo and, and when they're throwing their exit pull-downs um, pull and, you know, maxing out pitching. Like, 
we really like you know it's not their nature to like get on each other but we're like guys like talk trash to their get on each other like you know hey whoever whoever hits the hardest today is going to win a pair of batting gloves or you know and whoever's lap you know we, we just make it fun and and try to get the juice going you know what i mean that's what that's what i like i say hey, i need juice today guys let's go you know so that, those are some of the measurements. That's awesome. And, folks, that you're seeing, I mean, Europe is really advancing in the technology of the game, and it's really enhancing all their development. And, you know, the other part of this is the challenge of you test them on bat velocity, exit velocity, you know, pitching velocity, but you also have to balance that somehow where their movements are still pretty good. Um, how do you balance the two? What's your recommendation to coaches? Because, you know, guys might just swing out of their shoes just to get exit velocity. Talk about how you handle that. I would never do exit velocity off the key, first and foremost, you know, because you know, then right away, the biggest problem I see with young hitters that make, when they get, get to me, when they start getting on the big field, we do any kind of tee drills, they are winding up like it, they're in a long drive competition, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and, and we're trying to fix that right away, and sometimes it, it's, you know, it takes a long time to clean that, that hole up in the swing. Um, you know, so right away, like we've now, we've now, John and I have kind of started working with even younger players, like maybe once a week, John maybe a little bit more, where we're starting to introduce like proper drills and movements, like you know, throwing drills. It's not like we're giving them a throwing program, but we're saying, hey, these drills, these three drills, you know, we tell the, the juniors coaches, these three drills need to be done every day and they need to be done, you know, properly so that it cleans up their throwing mechanics. And, and, and hitting, you know, I'm starting to show the kids as well how to use their bodies, and, and you know, you can't get too mechanical with kids, especially, there is a language barrier the younger age you go. Mm. And um, so it's a lot of trying to show them and, and try to get them to do task-oriented goals that get their bodies to do the right movements. And, and which, for me, it's not saying, hey, go hit off the tee for 15 minutes on your own, because they're just, they're gonna be all over the place. So you got to really pay attention to detail with those, with those kids. And, um, but we feel, you know, if we get, the younger we get them, it's just going to, it's going to be, you know, where we're at now, we're at 18 months now. You see what we have here. Mm -hmm. You know, give us three, four, five years with all the kids we got coming up. It's something to get excited about. What, what's the toughest thing about coaching in, in Czech Republic? What would be the challenges, because you have to overcome some of those challenges, um, I know, in, in, and you mentioned, you used a, a critical word. I know when I was in Belgium, it was, you know, changing the culture, you know, in certain areas. What was, it, what was the toughest thing? Or still, it could be a tough thing that you're working on to uh, change there. It's, you know, I've, I've lived in the Czech, shoot, I mean, I, I played nine seasons there, but I've lived there year-round, you know, geez, eight now. I'd say... You know, so I have a pretty good context um, of, of, of how the, the culture is and an idea. You know, I, I still have a lot to learn. There's things, you know, obviously, we come from two different worlds, two different countries, two different backgrounds, two different histories, how, how communication is, the way they communicate in their language. I am taking classes to learn the language, and it is extremely difficult, even how they structure their sentences, how they communicate. It's so much different than us. And, you know, I'd say the biggest thing, and, and we're working on this now, is, is, is like, you know, a mental side and, and learning, learning how to compete, like being competitive. And, and um, it's, 
so we try to provide drills and environments where they are competing and we pay attention to the mental side and, and the, some of the challenges that I have you know and this is a shortcoming of me being a coach here and, and, and uh, is if if a player has a limited vocabulary of English and he can't communicate or understand English well with my combined limited and uh, check um, it's that player might suffer whereas a player who can really understand what I'm saying and grasp is going to be able to get more uh, from, from out of me and and that's tough you know and, and that's nothing not the player's fault um, so that that's one thing that that is a it's, it's a struggle you know the other thing is um, you know it, it's a lot of these they don't grow up in the states where you know baseball is like our pastime it's like you're around it you see it all the time you, you play with your friends you know you compete um, so you know they, they they at times you know like they they certain situations like it's looked more as like you know as they you know it could be a social thing you know it's, it's not as much you know as a, as a competitive thing so it's I'm constantly you know finding seeing differences and trying to learn and, and finding the best way to really it's always you know you know how it is it's about communication and, and trying to be better at that and really try to relate to them. I mean, it's hard enough, you know, I'm 40 years old. It looks like I'm, ma I'm managing a high school team in the States. It's hard enough to relate to 17, 18 year olds now. Imagine doing it with 17, 18 year olds in, in Czech Republic, right. in a different country. So you have to find ways to, to you know, communicate and get through to them and, and really, you know, earn their trust. That's one big thing, like, you know, um, you need to earn their trust. Wherever you go, but when, when in Czech Republic especially, I think um, you know once once you have their trust and, and, and they believe, and you know things start, you know they really start, you know moving quickly. Well, you know, Alex, one of the hardest things, and this is for coaches all over the world, and you mentioned the word and, and that you're working on this area. This is tough for coaches anywhere, even in the U.S., is to figure out how to get players to compete. Even in the U.S. now, we've got a lot of showcases, and they 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 go they do a good thing. There's a purpose for showcases, but at the same time, you know, a lot of coaches are saying, you know, hey, we we got to try to get guys to compete a little bit more. Now, that doesn't always mean play more games, but how do you get some of your players, like you said, in practice to learn how to compete so that way it kind of translates into a game? Well. How we structure our, our trainings um, is, first off, we start every every practice and game with team meditation. Hmm. Um, I think that's extremely important, right? You know, if, if it's whether it's you know six, seven, eight, ten minutes, you know, with kids today on their phones and just the pressures and anxieties that they that they're dealing with, we want them to get there, focus on their breathing let go of the stress of the day, be where their feet are, and so that they can then, you know, be locked in when we start, right from when they start their warm-up. Then, you know, we want them to play really good catch, so we focus on that, but, you know, and sometimes that's me putting a little bit of pressure on guys, like leaning on them a little bit, and, 
I know my players will joke that, that you know sometimes I can be pretty strict and pretty intense and uh, something that I'm not quite used to you know but at the same time it's like you know I did ask all these players their goals and they told me what their goals were a lot of them would play, get signed or play college ball in the states I feel like I'd be doing a disservice if I if I didn't put pressure on them to do things the right way not saying I know everything is the right way, but I, given you know my experience, I feel like I have a pretty good idea of what a lot of college and pro coaches are doing. I know what it takes. Um, to answer your question about competitiveness, you know, it's just little like drills, like hey, just guys, whoever you know, OUT on ground balls, or Golden Glove, or, you know, just just get get a little juice going, and and then. We try to go as game speed as much as possible, at least by the end of the training. And we're really big on live ABs, like guys with bullpens. We, we really like, you know, um, to have live live at bats with our players because, as you know, in Europe we don't play as many games. So the more live ABs they get, both pitching side and hitting side, is just better for everybody. Uh, and, and you know, so that's I say that's that's the biggest things we do. You know, and that answers the question about experience. You mentioned they don't play a lot of games, so you've got to figure out ways how to make it competitive, how to get more ABs, and that way it kind of simulates more games for them. Because that's one thing in Europe. I mean, uh, you know, they're trying to do what they can in Europe, but, you know, the bottom line, folks, you know, kids go to school. You know, some if you're a senior team, you know, players work. Um, so it's not like you, and some of the clubs are far apart in some countries. You just can't play during the week. It's that tough. So coaches got to figure out ways to make it competitive throughout the week when, when they're in practice, and then they play the games on the weekends. Uh, shout out, because I want to talk about this part, shout out to Brian Kane. I know you listen to a lot. Alan Jager, a good friend of mine, um, and I've known Brian also. Um, the mental game, you know, um, more and more coaches are now starting to get in the mental game. I know I wish I would have gotten a mental game. I could have used it as a player, first of all, and then I could have used it to make my players much better. Um, if I knew anything about the mental game. Sure, and, and folks, that doesn't mean just being positive. That's not enough. Um, I wanna, want you to talk about what you're doing to make yourself a better coach in the mental game part. You know, you, you mentioned podcasts and all that, listening to. Um, but then we're gonna, I wanna get into a little bit about how the mental game is used. You know, how do you start to develop it? How do you keep it and all that? But talk about a little bit about what you do with the mental game now. Yeah, sure. Like, first off, I, I wouldn't be doing um, a lot of the things I do unless I am living it and doing it myself, especially when it comes to the meditation mm. game. Um, you know, every day, I meditate every day uh, in the morning. Um, I Wim Hof every day, which is you know, controlled breathing and cold water exposure. It's helped me in my personal life tremendously. Um, I haven't introduced the players to Wim Hof yet. I might be a little too far out from yeah, them. Start one step at a time. Yeah, 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 I'm not ready to get them to jump in a frozen lake yet. You know, like, they trust me, but you know, for how long? But the, the meditation side, um, as you said, like you know, Brian Kane, I'm a huge fan of his. Uh, I've read, read his book and I listen to his daily uh, motivational talks and podcasts, and it's just helped me tremendously. Uh, life lessons he's teaching obviously you know um, coming from his uh, Ken Revisa I've read the, those books that's, that's, those are must reads for any coaches out there and how you know really it, it's just how we incorporate it is making it part of our 
daily practice routine mm. and game routine. Um, and and, <clears throat> and it's one thing to say, hey, you know, we're just going to do meditation. you got to focus on breathing. I'm always listening to different meditation practices myself personally so that, you know, I have, um, first off, up to, because I'm usually leading the meditation more times than not. Sure. And, and so, you know, I want to I wanna be uh, prepared for that. And the best way to prepare is to do it myself. So, you know, uh, whether it's Brian Kane's meditations, Headspace, or other avenues, uh, um, I'm, I'm constantly trying to learn more about that. And, you know, the, the basic with these kids is you want to get them, like, in a, a solid breathing pattern that they can go back to during a uh, stressful moment of the game. Like, if they're just, you know, they can't find the strike zone or they, they take a bad swing, they're not seeing the ball well or they make an error, you want to be able to, to be able to have them go back to, you know, a controlled breathing pattern and they can let go of the last pitch and focus on what their job is at the next pitch. And I think if you just kind of build up from there, um, you know, the one thing I do kind of add is some positive aff affirmations that I'll ask them to you know, repeat in their own, in their head. Because um, positive self-talk is huge as well, you know, and, and, and so, you know, those are the things that I kind of just, those are the core things that, that we really try to take care of. And, and, and we, you know, I'll admit, it, like as a coach, when I was like, like first day, I'm okay. Like I'm gonna bring this. You know, this is my plan. To, when I started at Hershey's manager, because this is my plan. Like I'm really gonna take these guys through meditation, and I've never led a meditation, you know, before at that point. Like, I've done it myself. It's a little bit like, is this gonna be too woo woo? Is it, you know, right. you know, like how are they gonna respond? Are they just gonna laugh? Are they just gonna, you know? And you know, come to find out, and you saw it, you saw it yesterday in our mm -hmm. seminar when I led a meditation. These kids want it, you know. They want like they want to just be have a moment to themselves to close their eyes. And now, if, if God forbid, if I forget meditation before a game, you know, or practice, no remind you. Yeah, yeah. women's meditation. And I'm like, don't worry, you know, we're gonna do it. Um, and, and and they they it's become a part of their routine, and and they really work on it. And, and it's and I, I'd like to believe it's helping them. Yeah, and a key word, you know, folks, you know this around the world, like, you know, like you said, routine, you know, Alex mentioned that a few times. Routine's so important, you just can't do it once and expect for it to work. Uh, and what's great about it is the mental game, you know, once you've convinced them, you know, or, or they've convinced themselves because, it's, you know, they're feeling good about themselves, now they understand when they fail, what to do, you know. Um, and, and we all know how powerful the brain is, and that's why I wish this was something we had in, in the past, because the brain could overcome a lot more in, things than you know, then the body can because the brain controls it. So that's common sense, right? So um, coaches, we highly recommend that you work on the mental game and make it part of your, again, key word, part of your practices, part of your games. You know, before we finish this, we're going to go into a little bit of the coaching, then I'm going to finish it off with, I want you to talk about the event here, the Euro uh, Winter League, which has been outstanding. Talk about the coaches in Czech Republic. You know, I mentioned it briefly, mentioned how many coaches, they're getting more and more coaches, the development's getting better. Um, talk about that program because I think that foundation has really helped grow the game and keep you know kept the kids playing in the Czech Republic well the coaches I, I should mention you know being that it is a competitive league and we're all you know coaches of other clubs like there is a bit of like you know 
gaming and, and yeah. competitiveness against one another. That's everywhere, right? Absolutely. That's... You know, but when we do come together on national team events and stuff, we like to share ideas and and work together. And, and you know, I, I know they have you know, there's coaches clinics that they they provide for you know youth Czech coaches and as well as Slovak I think as well they, they, you've spoken there mm -hmm. the Czech Mountain Clinic mm -hmm. uh, baseball Mountain Clinic rather um, and you know they're constantly trying to provide you know education for these coaches to um, allow them to get better um, I know there's a new program now called Program Pro um, that they're taking the best prospects around the country and, and putting them in really you know, it's kind of the same program we're doing at Hiroshi. Like they're just doing it all over the country. You know, and so, mm. uh, it's you know, there's they're providing more programs, and, and the the great thing about Czech, like again, I said earlier, it's just like they they have facilities and resources uh, that would surprise most people back in the states, and and they're and they're taking advantage of it. All right, let's finish it off with where we started here in Tenerife. Spain with the Euro Baseball League, and uh, this was a brainchild of our good friend Nestor Perez, along with the European <coughs> Baseball Federation, WBSC European Baseball Federation. First year event. I know it caught me off guard a little bit because, first of all, great honor just to be asked to come here. Um, there's a lot of coaches in the U.S. and in Europe. You know, they have could have the same opportunity to come here. Um, but it kind of caught me off guard because I, I you know, I, I, I'm familiar with European baseball. But I didn't expect the level of play here and some of the talent that's here. So give you know your idea of the experience here. Well, first off, you already thanked him in the beginning of the podcast. Uh, Nestor has done an outstanding job organizing this event. I actually was here one year ago, um, last November, um, with the Czech national team. Um, played a few friendly games with the Spanish national team. And I know at that event last year, um, the current uh, national team coach for Czech, Czech Republic, Pavel Adin, and Peter Dietrich, met with Nestor and, and started talking about a winter league um, for the best young, um, youth, uh, best juniors players around Europe to come here. You know, this, this place, if anybody, out there has not been to Tenerife, you know, put it on your bucket list. This place is magical. I, I, my second time here, like I said, and I absolutely love it. Um, I want to retire here one day, you know. It's just a fantastic place. Weather's perfect. We got a, we got a little bit of rain, but that's unusual for this time of year. Um, and, and the whole event, you know, for these kids, I think has been extremely well organized. The games have been competitive. And the instruction that they're getting uh, that they probably wouldn't normally get in their home countries, uh, and, and even just to share ideas with different coaches and, and super players, like it's just really I'm I feel really honored to be a part of it. I, I I'll say you know it kind of fell in my lap because the coach that was originally supposed to come, Peter Barak, he had a COVID situation in his, in his home, and I I was just you know, called three days before the event, Alex, you want to go back to Tenerife? Yes, I do. You know, yes, I do want to coach the best players in Europe. Absolutely. Yes, I do want to go to Tenerife because I love it there. And, and uh, I'm really glad I did come here because uh, I'm, I'm part of the inaugural event and I hope to be a part of many more. 
and it's just been outstanding. And, and you know, I'm really looking forward today. Uh, excuse me, I'm really looking forward to tomorrow and uh, beating you, Pete, in the championship. Yeah, that should be a lot of, that should be a lot of fun, folks. Uh, those results won't be on the podcast unless I win. If I win, they'll be all over the podcast. So don't worry about it. We'll let you know. But if I lose, well, and remember, it's not I. It's our team. Um, you know, and I want to mention, you know, shout out to Pavel and Peter with the with the Federation. You know, they've done a great job. Um, you know, you guys have uh, Prague Week there, which also is a great international tournament. Um, you know, I, I think what's special here, and I want to mention this, what's special I'm going to ask you a couple more questions on it, but you know, you've got this, you know, the, the players from Spain, the Czech Republic, but then you got some kids from Slovakia, Hungary, Lithuania, Ireland, you know, and you wonder, geez, are they going to be able to keep up with some of these guys? Um, but you know, they kind of raise their, their level of play a little bit more because they, you know, you're, you're competing against better players <clears throat> in some ways. And it's been a really, I think it's been a really great experience for them. Your thoughts? Yeah, absolutely. Um, for them to, to compete against, you know, maybe a higher level that they're used to, um, it's good for any player to be like, okay, where's the bar set? You know, like, what, where do I have to do? How do I have to do it? And, and I feel like we're providing them with really good information that maybe they're not getting. And, and sometimes, you know, that information can be coming just as they see, well, geez, these kids are the same age as me. And, I got to start getting in the weight room. I got to start eating better. I got to start doing all these other little things that that'll help me raise my level of play. Um, so I think that's you know you can't. Yeah, I mean that's it's just, it's a good it's 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 trying to can you put a price tag on it? You know what I mean? It, it's it's uh, really beneficial, I believe. Then talk to the federations. There'll be a lot of federations that have gotten the information. Um, and, I, and then some of the clubs. Um, if you're, you know, you're one of the coaches and federations that sent players here, why would you, you know, why do you think other federations should be sending some of their top players here? What's the benefit for them once they get here? First off, you know, especially cold weather, cold weather countries in Europe. I mean, we were working it out today with Nestor. These kids, they finish their seasons and they have a full six months off of games of baseball. So, you know, in order to get kids the opportunity to play, to break that up, you know, maybe you know, not have such a long break, then get some, you know, the instruction here and, and, and then uh, um, continue to work on their game, I, I think, it's, you know, if I was, if I was running a federation or even just a, you know, uh, like, I, I want to reach out to my, my, my old team, Bond, Bond, shout out to the Bond Capitals, um, another outstanding organization. I want to reach out to them and at the very least, you know, see if they'd be interested in, you know, sending some of their be youth, best youth players because they got some really good ones. And this is the kind of, this is the kind of event where it's worth investing in Young, your young players to get better. Yeah, I agree 100%, folks. And I'll tell you what, you know, what we've seen here, think about it. They're, they're traveling to the country, they're meeting new players from different countries, you know, they don't all know each other. So there's a social part there where now they're getting together, you know, by the pool, outside, yeah. they're hanging out, they're talking, they're growing as, as people, you know, something that players, young players need to do more, they need to talk more. Um, you know, then, then we talk about not only are you competing with those players, but also you're playing along some of them, you know, right. and I know this from bringing players to around the world, you know, it's like, 
you're working around with some infielders or maybe you know a couple of infielders are from Cuba or, Lan or Venezuela and they, they feel the ball a little differently and they're a little, got a little bit more rhythm possibly. All of a sudden you're starting to get that rhythm because you're taking ground balls with them or you're on the same club with them. I see benefits there. I mean, there's, you know, you, you, as players, as coaches, we can't teach that because you know, you're always in your, in your country and now all of a sudden you're in a situation where there are kids from all over Europe. Absolutely. Um, you know, you and I both know there's so much to learn on every single day when you're on, on, the, on the field. And part of that learning process as a player, as long as they have awareness, uh, is learning from the players you're playing with and against and seeing how they do things. In particular, you know, you can say, you can, you can go two ways there. You can say, hey, well, that's not how I'm going to do things if they're, you know, doing something, you know, wrong. Or looking at good players, like, man, look how he did that. You know, I'm going to try to add that to my game, you know, and it's, Again, like I said, you can't put a price tag on it. And the other thing is, like you said, is the relationships they're making. You know, my, my team in particular, you know, we're joking around in the dugout. We got different languages flying around all over the place. You know, you know, boys are boys will be boys. You know, they're teaching each other cuss words in different languages, and we're having a good time, and you know, and, and competing together. And, and that's just something that you know doesn't happen every day. Yeah, and I can't, you know, I can see where this program will really. It's going to evolve now. The folks, just so you know, they're. Constantly working on making the program better. It looks like possibly it could be a two-week program, 12 week, 12 days. Next year, um, we'll be getting the information out. You know, the other part of all this, I mean, when you talk about professional, we got professional coaches here from uh, minor league teams, national teams, um, you know, different pro clubs. We've got a doctor on staff. We've got an athletic trainer, um, which, which by the way, have, have, we've held classes on. You had a meditation class. You know, uh, Manny, Coach Manny had a, um, a pitching class, you know, with videotaping. Uh, you know, the athletic trainer talked about strength, flexibility, you know, endurance, nutrition. nutrition we talked about. I mean, there's so many different things that we talk about. So, and in, and in a short period, you know, there's only yeah. so much you can do. We're, and that's not counting the practices we had along with the, the, um, the games and also the interaction the coaches had throughout the games in teaching the game because a lot of times, you know, they might be doing something a little bit different and you sure. got to educate them during the game. Yeah. That's another part of the program. Exactly right. You know, th there's so much information that, that we've provided them here and, and, and even if they take away just one thing, which I, I don't I, I think they should and they should take away a lot of things from this, you know, uh, it can be extremely beneficial for them in, in their career, wherever, wherever their home country is and they take that back and if they just incorporate that and in going back to routine, into their daily routine, you know, they're going to be uh, better for it. I mean, I saw, I was joking around with the guys, I had breakfast with some of the guys on my team this morning, and, you know, you see, I was, excuse me, it was lunch, and you start seeing more vegetables and green things on their plate, and I was like, hey, no, no french fries today, you know, and we're all joking around and stuff, and, and if that's, you know, you know, those are the little things that, you know, I mean, uh, that can make the difference in a ball player's career, you know. That's just fantastic. Absolutely. My friends, Federation presidents, Federation development people, coaches that I know all over Europe, just a message to you. Check the program out. I would highly recommend, highly, highly recommend next year um, sending at least a couple players to the camp. Now we'll be reaching out to some countries because here we've had about, we're looking at about eight players per country. 
and then um, a couple players from different countries around Europe, and we'll have that all laid out for you, but we would definitely, definitely recommend it. So I just want to you know, let you know it's an outstanding program. We're looking forward to next year. Alex, uh, this has been a great, great show. We really appreciate you spending the time. We've, you know, we've got a lot to do here. We try to fit it in, but we finally got it in a day before we leave or a day or two before we leave. Any last uh, words for uh, anybody in coaching, you know, especially any recommendations when they do get into coaching possibly, um, you know, how to approach it, some of the things that are more important to learn maybe than others, you know, like the mental game. Sure. I'm sure you'll throw that at the top. Um, talk to those coaches around the world. I'd say if I were to look back as a player, I'd say the one thing I've taken away is if you're going to don't tell a player what he can't do unless you know a way to help him work on it and fix it, you know, that's, that's a huge thing. The other thing for coaches is you have to be a student. You have to constantly try to be learning, whether it's, you know, the mental side, whether it's the, 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 you know, newest technology or learning from other fantastic coaches who, who have a lot of success, right? Success leaves clues. Mm. You really constantly have to be trying to learn and, and get better. You know, like I say to my players all the time, I know this is a big thing Brian Kane says, but I say it, I, I, I don't know where I heard it from. I'm trying to get 1% better every day. And I say the same thing to my players. We're just trying to get 1% better every single day. And, and that's all you can do, you know? If you're constantly trying to get better as an individual, that can rub off on your players as well. And, and it's a good way to lead, I think, a good way to start. Because, you know, players are smart. They, they, they understand, like, if they see, they see their coach putting in the work and grinding, well then, they might, they might not have to say anything, but they can look at like, geez, look how hard he's working, maybe I should be doing the same thing. Um, but yeah, I'd say the biggest thing is just constantly try to learn, ask questions. And, and communicate, communicate a lot with your players. So All right, good way to end it. Thanks, Alex. Thanks so much, Pete, for the opportunity. Really appreciate it. And I'm really glad I've met a new friend in the street. Absolutely. Isn't it great? Every time you take the experience and do something that maybe you haven't done before, you never know who you're going to meet. And by the way, you know, I've spent the four or five days here and I've learned some great stuff from the coaches here. Um, so I can't wait. Hopefully, I have a great opportunity to come back next year. Folks, that was Alex Durhek, and again, the national team coach, one of the coaches for the Czech Republic national team. Um, want just shout out special thanks to him. Also, special thank you to Brian Kroc, our producer with the Line of Media Group, and of course, all the listeners in the U.S. and around the world, over 100 countries that we have listeners from. Thank you. Keep sharing the show in social media, any way you can. Help educate your coaches. That's all we're trying to do. We're just trying to bring you some great people, in the game that can, you know, are experts in certain areas, and some of them are coaches who just do a great job of coaching young players or, or senior players, and we just want to get the information out to help you become a better coach. So again, I'm Pete Caliendo. This is Baseball Outside the Box. Remember what I always say, stay healthy, stay safe, God bless you, and we'll see you on the next show. 
This has been Baseball Outside the Box with Peter Caliendo. Listen online at BaseballOutsideTheBox.com and subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and all major podcast outlets. Join the conversation on Facebook and Twitter. Get all of our podcasts now at lineupmedia.fm. This podcast was a presentation of lineupmedia.fm.